because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Boy, there's only one way. Uh, it's not by, boy, I, I, let me just say this. I am grateful it's not by my works. Man, I tell you what, I'd fail miserably. And, uh, and praise the Lord that he didn't make it by our works, but it's by his grace. And thank God for his grace and his mercy uh, that he does save us. What a wonderful God we serve. Well, I'm not preaching on that this morning, uh, but what a great song. If you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter number 13. Genesis chapter number 13. And uh, we, we are a little sparse in number. I know there's a lot of sickness. I know pastor is away preaching. Uh, my son Micah is away preaching. The Tannises, they're away preaching. Uh, Brother Tannis is preaching. Uh, maybe Mrs. Tannis preached to him all the way down. I don't know. But uh, uh, they're away preaching as well, and so we got several out, and, and uh, that is what it is. But, you know, I, I praise the Lord. I, I, I'm glad that we can have people representing out preaching the Word of God. What a blessing for us um, in our church. Well, I've been preaching on the family, and I want to continue to preach on the family. And, and really, as we look at the family and we think about the family, uh, you, you almost have to cover and consider some bad examples in family. I mean, uh, a lot of times we learn, uh, of course, we learn by instruction, and it's good to give instruction. And by God's grace, I try to give instruction. But sometimes you just have to look at a bad example and say, this is a bad example. This is an example of what not to do. Do in your life. And so this morning we're going to look at that example, and that example is Lot. Uh, what a great loss that Lot suffered. If you think about the, the life of Lot, Genesis chapter number 13, uh, the story starts here. And uh, I would, it actually goes back a little bit to Genesis chapter 12. I would, I wish we had time just to sit down and read uh, several chapters to gather all the information about the life of Lot. Uh, it really is a, a puzzling and a very interesting story, and I hope that we can piece it all together. Uh, and, and Lot is a, an example uh, of many things that should not be done in our life. Uh, with that being said, I do want to say this as well, that I do think Lot loved his family. Uh, you look at his life, and, uh, and you really, uh, he did have a relationship with his sons-in-laws. We find that later. Uh, he did talk with them. So it wasn't like he abandoned his family, and he was the absolute worst of all uh, people on the face of the earth. That's not what I'm saying. But we will find some decisions that Lot made in his life that were completely in air. And in looking at those decisions, I hope and pray, my hope and prayer is that we'll find the, the mistakes that Lot made in his life and we will be careful in our own lives not to fall in those same errors and mistakes that Lot made in his life. And so Genesis chapter number 13 and verse number 5, we find the Bible says this, Genesis 13, 5, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanites and the cattle, excuse me, and the... Uh, and the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt then in the land. 
And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt, not, if thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord, or before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. And let's stop right there. And, uh, and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. God, we thank you for uh, so great a salvation that you provide to us, God, and only through your Son and not in and of ourselves, Father, but uh, through your uh, great grace, God, are we able to be saved by putting our faith and trust in you. God, thank you for that. God, as we study the life of Lot this morning and as we think about families, God, may we have families that are, uh, that are strong in you and families that would, uh, fathers that would guide their families to have a good relationship with you, God. God, I pray that you'd help us to be, um, to be faithful, to be strong in our relationship with you. And God will certainly thank you for that. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at Lot this morning, I do want us to recognize some of the blessings that Lot had in his life. Now, if you're not familiar with Genesis chapter 12 and 13 and 14, uh, basically, uh, God comes to, to Abraham, and, and his name is Abram. It's later changed to Abraham. So I might say Abraham the whole time, or I might say Abram, but understand that it's the same guy. Uh, and, and in at Genesis chapter number 12, God comes to Abram and calls him out and says, Hey, I want you to leave your kindred, leave your family, leave your home, and go to a place that I will show you. What a great, uh, great, great step of faith for Abram to step out by faith and go to a place that, uh, that he doesn't know. And so he does that, and, and Lot goes with him. And you say, well, uh, some people hold the opinion, well, Lot shouldn't have gone. I mean, after all, God did tell him to leave his kindred. And, and I think, well, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I think leaving his kindred was more about leaving his hometown and leaving his family. And, and Lot going with him um, was probably the best decision for Lot, though Lot messed everything up later. I think it was a, an opportunity for Lot to rub shoulders with Abraham and spend time with him. Uh, and so I'm not saying that it was necessarily wrong, uh, but I want to look at the blessings that Lot had in his life. And so as Abraham left uh, in Genesis chapter 13, we have that. And we pick up the story where Lot was introduced there in verse number uh, 5, that really that he was there with him and had great possessions. The Bible says there in verse 5, And Lot also, which went with Abraham, Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And I want you to notice the blessings in Lot's life. As you look at him there, uh, he does have herds and flocks and tents. Now I need to say this right up front. Possessions are not the only blessing of God. They're not. 
But when we do have them, we ought to recognize that they are blessings from God. Because there is an important uh, idea there that everything belongs to God. And He's blessed us with those things. And so uh, maybe you don't have great possessions. Hey, that does not mean that God is not blessing you. I want that to be clear and I want that to be understood. But maybe you do have great possessions. And I want you to understand, hey, those are great blessings from God. Uh, I, I find it uh, hard sometimes because I did live in South America and I did live uh, amongst very poor people. Uh, when I say poor people, I mean uh, people who lived with uh, dirt floors and, uh, and, and mud adobe houses. And many of them did not have running water in their houses. And so uh, when, I, when I think of poverty, my mind goes a whole different direction and level than perhaps that your mind does. Just because I've witnessed it firsthand. And I can say this, we are very blessed in America. We just really are. And we need to recognize God's blessing in our life. Lot was blessed of God. He had herds. He had flocks. He had tents. There's plural there. There's more than one tent. Uh, that's like having, uh, you know, maybe more than one room house. And, uh, and I've, I've seen people who live in a one room house. Uh, and so I know that there's people like that. And, and here's Lot. He's very blessed to have all these herds and all these possessions. And, and I think he probably was blessed almost on the same level as that of Abram was. In that, hey, they both had great possessions. You read there in verse number 6, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. There just simply wasn't enough room for them. And, uh, and, and they have to recognize God's blessing on their life. Listen, we need to recognize, we all need to recognize God's blessings in our life. Lot had blessings from God and they were possessions. There were many things. And the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. What a blessing to know that, hey, God does bless. And, uh, and we have many possessions and many things that we ought to thank God for and, and, and give God the, uh, the thanks that He deserves for providing for us. And so Lot had many blessings. But I want you to notice this. Not, did Lot have, not only did Lot have possessions and God had blessed him at this stage of his life, but I want you to notice that, a, that Lot had uh, a great influence in his life, that of Abraham. Abraham was not a perfect man. We know that. Reading Scripture, we find that. But I do want you to notice this. Abraham prioritized God over his family. Go back with me to Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, uh, get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Now if you've ever walked away from home, you'll know it is not an easy step to, to walk away from your family. 
My dad was military my whole life, so I didn't really grow up around my family. Uh, I didn't really, we didn't have a lot of family get-togethers around Christmas uh, and, and, and all the, uh, the holidays, you know, Christmas, uh, Easter, and birthdays, and all of those things. We really weren't very close to our family because we had moved so much and we lived different places. But most people around those times, boy, there's big family gatherings. When we did go home and when we were able to be in the area, uh, we did, we'd go to my aunt's house, and boy, I could tell you, we'd go to my grandpa's house, and, and I remember all the family getting together, and what a blessing it was to have all the family there and celebrate and have a big meal and hang out with your cousins and all of that. It was a very enjoyable thing. But here, God has called Abraham, and he's saying, hey, I want you to leave all of that. I want you to leave your cousins and your uncles and, your, uh, and, and all of your family that is there and the family get-togethers, and I want you to go to a place that I will show thee. I want you to notice that Abraham had great faith. There's no doubt about that. Matter of fact, he's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 8, chapter 11, rather, in the hall of faith. And verse number 8, the Bible says, well, go over there really quick. Save your spot here in Genesis chapter 13, uh, or verse number 12, or chapter 12, and go with me to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. I want you to see this in the Word of God yourself. In Hebrews chapter 11 is what I call the hall of faith. And that is, there's a great amount of people that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, and, uh, and it starts out by faith. And all of these guys, it says, by faith, in verse number 4, Abel, and by faith, in verse 5, Enoch, and by faith, in Noah, in verse number 7, and by faith, Abraham, in verse number 8. And let's read there in verse number 8. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham went out by faith. And what I'm saying is Abraham was a great man of faith in the Bible. The fact that he left his kindred, left his hometown, left all of those things that he knew and went to a place that he did not even know where he was going. Tells you, boy, he had great faith in God. And he stepped out by faith and Abraham was a great influence on Lot. And the fact that Lot was there with him uh, tells me, hey, maybe Lot had an interest in hanging out with Uncle Abe. And maybe he wanted to learn more about, uh, about God. And, and he was interested in that. Another one that I read uh, said that Lot were very possibly was an orphan. And that his father would have died and therefore Abraham had taken him in and raised him as his own. I don't know, but I do know this, that whatever the circumstances here in Genesis chapter 13, back at our text, that Lot and Abraham are together. And listen, what a great influence in Lot's life. And as we think about that, listen, you have a lot of great influences in your life. 
Hey, don't take that for granted. The fact that you're here this morning uh, tells me that, that uh, there, there is influence in your life uh, and somebody uh, can be an influence to you. Hey, we've got teachers, we've got Sunday school teachers, we've got deacons, we've got staff, we've got people that care about you and are interested in your life. And you say, well, uh, maybe you don't have very much influence. Hey, listen, there's an influence right here that does care about you. Maybe a grandmother brings you, maybe an aunt, maybe an uncle, maybe a friend, maybe somebody else that cares about you. And what I'm saying is, hey, you need to recognize and understand that there's an influence in your life uh, that, that is concerned about you. Sometimes we can get really down in the mouth. And let me, let me just mention this. Stop looking at what you don't have. Everyone has bad influences in your life and their lives. They're not hard to recognize. They're not hard to find. And, and stop complaining about that and start looking at the positive influences that you have in your life. Abraham was a positive influence in Lot's life. And, and he had a great opportunity and a great blessing because of the influence, because of the possessions that he had. But I want to look at the bad decisions that Lot made in his life. We certainly can see those blessings that he has in his life, but I want you to see the bad decisions that he made. Now, this is going to span a few chapters, but I want you to notice there in verse number 8. The Bible says, And Abraham said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. And so Abram comes to, to Lot and says, look, we got a problem. Uh, your herdmen are fighting with my herdmen, and this is just not good. And, and so we need to, there's no reason for us to fight. We're brethren, and we ought to be able to, uh, to handle this. And so Abram comes to Lot, and he says, hey, I want you to, uh, I want you to choose. You can pick wherever you want to go. Wherever you go, I'm going to go the opposite direction. And, uh, and then that way there'll be plenty of enough uh, land for all of us and enough place for all of our herdmen, for all of our cattle, for all of the blessings that God has provided in our life. And I want you to notice this about, about Lot's decision. And that is the absence of prayer. Lot didn't say, Okay, let me pray about that. Let me seek what God wants in my life so that I can make this decision. Hey, listen, we ought to stop and we ought to pray about decisions that need to be made in our life. You say, does God care about that? Yeah, I think He does. Hey, listen, before you... Uh, my, my daughter's looking for a car and, and, uh, and I think, hey, before you buy a car, stop and pray about that. Hey, before you go to college, stop and pray about that. Hey, before you get married, definitely stop and pray about that. Hey, before you uh, launch out into a new career, stop and pray about that. If you're making a life-changing decision, hey, God wants to have some input, and maybe God will, I'm sure, God will lead you if you'll ask Him. The problem is, many times, we don't bother to consult God. Lot here, he didn't bother consulting God. 
He didn't ask God's opinion about what he should do. And the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. And that word careful is anxious or upset or concerned. But he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And I think our lot made a mistake in not consulting God about what direction and where he should go. The second thing I think he messed up in that uh, is that he probably should have asked his Uncle Abraham. Uh, Uncle Abraham was a very godly man. Uncle Abraham was launching out and following God with his life, and he should have just said, you know what, Uncle Abraham, you are, uh, you are you're more uh, godly than I am. You are more spiritual than I am. Uh, what do you think I should do, and what do, what's your opinion on this situation? But we don't have anything of that recorded. Matter of fact, the next line that says there in verse number uh, 10, the Bible says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. You know what Lot did? He didn't ask God. He didn't ask Abraham. He just looked. Wow! Look at the opportunity over there. Man, the grass is all green. There's a river flowing out of that side. There's a river flowing out of that side. There's a river right down through the middle. Man, it's all flat. And boy, how I could set up a great shop right over that direction. I mean, after all, it's beautiful. And he looks over here and not so much. I'm going that way. And he chose merely based on what looked like the greatest opportunity in his life. And I'm just telling you that we need to be careful about making decisions in our life without consulting God. A lot. He did that. I think that was his first bad decision. I want you to notice his second bad decision in verse number 12. Look at what he says. The Bible says, And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And look at what it says, that last phrase, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Look at verse number 13. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I want you to know that Sodom, before, a, before Lot had ever gone there, was a wicked place. It was known for its wickedness. The Bible's very clear about that. It doesn't mince words. There's no if, ands, maybes. Well, it might be okay. We are talking the sin city of the Old Testament. It's very clear. God uh, laid it out, and uh, it was very clear to them. But here's Lot, and when he's looking, and he sees all of this well-watered land, and off in the distance, he sees Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that he pitches his tent toward Sodom. In other words, he's saying, man, I like all that I see there. Boy, that, that city, boy, I, that's a pretty place, and I'm going to pitch my tent towards it. And it was a wicked thing, and, and I'm just saying that we have got to be very careful about the direction that we're leading our family, and even the direction that we are facing and going with our family, as it can be very detrimental in the end. We find here that he is merely pitching his tent towards Sodom. 
Oh, Uncle Abraham, it'll be okay. We're not moving to Sodom. After all, we're just facing that direction. Boy, it's a pretty view. Look at all the land out there. Look at the pretty uh, lights of the city as they glimmer in the skyline at night. And I could just see him justifying all of his reasoning as he talks to Uncle Abraham. And Uncle Abraham says, man, I, I don't think that's a good direction. I don't think that's right. And, 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 and Lot's saying, oh, don't worry. We're not moving there. We're just, we're just facing that direction. Boy, it's a problem. And listen, we ought, to, we ought to take note about the direction that we are directing our families in. We ought to take note about the direction that we are leading our own lives in. Because the direction we're looking is the direction you're headed. And we find that very true in Lot's life. You see, we find here that he's pitching towards Sodom. But I want you to notice, go with me to, to Genesis chapter number 14. In Genesis chapter number 14, uh, another king comes and he attacks Sodom and Gomorrah. You can read all about that in the very first part of the text. But as you read that, I want you to notice this. In, in verse number 11, the Bible says, and they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. And look at verse number 12. And they took Abram's brother's son who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Now, the primary idea of the text is that, hey, these people came in and they attacked Sodom and Gomorrah and they took everything out of it. But what I want you to notice is that Lot is now no longer has a tent that's pitched towards Sodom, but rather that Lot is living in Sodom now. You say, well, where'd that come from? We don't know. The Bible doesn't give us all the details, but I can tell you this. It started out by pitching his tent towards Sodom. The next time we read about Lot, he's dwelling in Sodom. And he's there. And I'm just telling you, it's, it's a problem that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. It's a problem that he placed his home in Sodom. Go with me to 2 Peter really quick and save your spot there in Genesis as we'll be back there. 2 Peter, right after uh, Hebrews, you'll find Peter. And the Bible says this in 2 Peter. Talks about Lot. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 7. We'll go to verse number 6. The Bible's talking about condemnation that is to come and how these places will be destroyed. In 2 Peter chapter number 2, and verse number 6, the Bible says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. We find that Lot was living in Sodom. Not only was he living, but he had vexed his soul. What does the word vex mean? It means to agitate, to disquiet, to make angry, to annoy. And I'm just telling you that as Lot went around his daily business there in Sodom, that it bothered his spiritual soul, uh, that things were he was seeing, he was saying, hey, uh, you know, his flesh, there was this, this torn uh, war that was going on in 
sight of Lot because he didn't bother covering his eyes. He didn't bother blocking his ears. But he lived there in Sodom. And every day he would agitate his own soul with the temptations that were taking place all around him. And he was not blocking them out. And he was not concerned for his family and saying, man, i got to get my family out of here. This is a bad place. This is destroying my family. No, rather he stayed down in it and vexed his soul, the Bible says, from day to day. And I'm just telling you, we better be careful about vexing our soul. Because I'm telling you, it will take a toll on your spiritual life. Not just on your spiritual life, it'll take a toll on those that you're leading and those that you're directing. And we'll find that down the road in Lot's life. I'm just telling you, it was a terribly bad decision for Lot to pitch his tent towards Sodom. It was a terribly bad decision for Lot to move his family all the way down to Sodom. It was a terribly bad decision for Lot to live in Sodom day in and day out and vex his soul with that wickedness. And I'm just telling you, we have got to be so careful in the world that we live. Hey, there's some things that you need to just get rid of out of your life. Maybe there's some things that you need to get rid of on social media. Maybe there's some music that you need to get rid of out of your life. Maybe there's influences on TV that you're watching that you need to get rid of out of your life because you're vexing your soul day to day with the wickedness that comes from this world. Lot was vexing his soul. If it were not for this portion in 2 Peter, we wouldn't even know, I wouldn't even know that Lot was saved. Matter of fact, I would tell you that Lot was lost. But 2 Peter tells us just, he was saved man. You know what that tells me? A saved man can live in a wicked place and live like the world did. That's what Lot did. It's not right, but that's what he did. Lot made a lot of bad decisions. He didn't pray about his decision. He, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He placed his home in Sodom. He vexed his soul day to day. But I want you to notice the bereavement of Lot. That's the end of the story. Go with me all the way to chapter number 19 of, of Genesis. We'll fast forward to the end of the story. Genesis chapter number 19. It's not a happy ending, by the way. I'll tell you that right up front, and you probably know that. I wish it were. I wish Lot would have recognized all of these things. I wish Lot would have got his life right. I wish he would have, as the Bible says, uh, confessed and forsaken his sin. But he did not. He stayed in it, and he remained there. And he lived a life that was just displeasing to God. Look with me in chapter number 19, as uh, God sends the angels to Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because the amount of wickedness that was taking place in this land. And those two angels that come into Sodom and Gomorrah and, and, Ab and Lot meets them there in verse number 14. And the Bible says there, and Lot went out and spake unto his sons. Uh, excuse me, that was further back that he met with them. And, uh, and these, let me just tell you the story. I'll bring you up to where we're at in verse number 14. And, and as he went, these men came into the city, Lot brought them to his house. And as he did that night, uh, listen, uh, the wicked men of the city tried to surround that place and they wanted, uh, they wanted to, 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 to know, the Bible says, those two angels that came into him in a perverse way. 
And Lot, of course, kept those angels in his house. And, and, and that night, uh, those angels told Lot, look, God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. You have to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and listen, you need to warn your family. And so in verse number 14, we find that Lot goes to his family and he's going to tell them, look in verse number 14, and Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law and said, up, Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. That last phrase of verse number 14 is probably one of the saddest verses in Genesis. But, the, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. You know what happened? Here's Lot. Lived an ungodly life vexed his soul day to day in the wickedness of the world. And, and, and he went to his sons-in-laws after the angel came and warned him and said, hey, God's going to destroy this place. you got to get out of here. And so Lot takes that same message and he goes to his sons-in-laws and he said, hey, listen, God is going to destroy this place. you got to get out of here. And you know what they did? <laughs> That's hilarious, Lot. We've never heard you joke around like that before. Boy, that's a good one. They mocked. They thought he was joking. They had never heard Lot talk about God their whole life. They didn't know any different. Lot pray. Lot believe in God. Lot believe in judgment of God falling on this place. Boy, that's hilarious. It was a joke to them. They thought he was mocking. They thought he was fooling around. Why? Because his life did not line up with his beliefs. And he had empty words when he did go and try and warn them. Hey, listen, if your life does not line up with your words, it takes away the effectiveness of your witness to the people you love. They look at you and they say, it doesn't, it doesn't line up. There's something wrong there. And they, I think they honestly and sincerely thought Lot was joking. They had never heard anything like that. His son-in-laws, sons-in-laws, there was more than one. They died in that city that day because Lot's testimony didn't add up. The disbelief of his sons-in-laws, that was a bereavement, that was a sorrow to him. The destruction of his family, look at verse number 15 as we go on. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Look at verse number 16. And while he lingered, the men lay hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. Those angels said, listen, it's time to go. we got to get out of this city. And the Bible says in verse number 16 that Lot was lingering, that he was holding back. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. My, my, my sons-in-laws, are they're, they're not going. And my grandchildren are still here. And, and I'm concerned. And, and he was lingering around the house. And maybe he said, well, you know, i, I got to fill my pockets with this. And I'm going to leave everything. And boy, I don't know about that. And the angels had to grab his hand and grab his wife's hand and grab his two daughters' hand and forcibly remove him from the city. He didn't even want to go. And we find that everything else 
was completely lost. You think about all of that. Lot lost all of his possessions. He didn't have time to, to load a U-Haul and get it out of there. He lost everything he owned that day. He lost his sons-in-laws and his daughters. He lost his grandchildren. I'm assuming that maybe they had grandchildren. I don't know. He lost all of his friends. He lost his job. He lost his animals. Whatever possessions, whatever way of making a living that he had, he lost it all that day. And he escaped just barely with his wife and his two daughters. But the story doesn't end there. Nor does Lot's loss stop there. It gets worse. You go down and you'll find in verse number 17 as you read down through the bereavement of Lot and you'll find there in verse number 17 and it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, escape for thy life. The angels took them out of the city, stopped at the edge and said, go for your life, flee, run, get away from the city. Look at what he says there as he continues. And he says, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all all the plain escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Verse number 18, And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast showed unto me in, in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. Isn't it amazing that now Lot's all concerned about evil in the mountains and the nature when he wasn't concerned about the evil that was there in the city? And he doesn't even want to obey God's command when his own life is at stake and he's already lost practically everything that he has and he's gone out and God gives a very clear command. Two things. Number one, don't look back. Number two, get out to the mountains. And even that he's bucking at and saying, I, I don't know about that. Look at verse number 26. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Lot's son-in-laws didn't believe him when he tried to warn him. He lost his son-in-laws, his family, his grandchildren, his job, everything that he owned. Then he lost his wife, even after she had been removed to the city because she turned around and looked back. And she thought, my family, my, my friends, my, my possessions, everything, my life is back there. And it was too much for her to, to just walk away from it all. And that she turned around and she looked back and she was turned to a pillar of salt because she disobeyed. The commandment of God. Oh, if the story only ended there, that would be bad enough, but it continues. And Lot's two daughters commit incest with him and make two nations that are problematic throughout the rest of their time, Moab and the Ammonites. They're problematic for the nation of Israel. And you look at Lot's life, you say, what happened to Lot's life? You know what happened? He pitched his tent towards Sodom. He didn't pray. He didn't consult Abraham, his godly uncle, about what to do in his life. He didn't pray. He pitched his tent towards Sodom. And then he moved his entire family and he vexed his soul day to day with the wickedness that was going on in Sodom. And it resulted 
in a complete loss for Lot. What, a, what an embarrassment in history to have that recorded in the Word of God. But it's recorded for us so we don't make those same mistakes. So that we can guard our lives. So that we can be warned about the problems of vexing our soul in wickedness and pitching our tent towards Sodom and living in wickedness as Lot did. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet this morning, oh, how we need to be oh so careful about how we're directing our life. Oh, how we need to pray about decisions that we make in our life about what God would have us to do and the direction that God would have us to go. We need to pray that God would guide us and keep us safe. We need to be careful of the wickedness that's in this world. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, there is a world full of wickedness Oh, it didn't seem too bad when Lot was just pitching his tent towards Sodom. After all, he wasn't living there at the time. But God, we see how just a short time later he is living there. And God, how it absolutely destroyed his home, his family. Lot had possessions, he had your blessing, he had influence in his life. Abram was close to him. But he did not take advantage of all of that. But lost everything. God, I pray that you'd help us to guard our families, to guard our lives, to help us to protect ourselves from the wickedness that exists in the world. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed as the piano is playing, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Maybe you just want God's guidance. Maybe you want His direction. Maybe you want His help. Maybe you want to pray for somebody else, a friend or, or family member or grandchildren or cousins. Whatever the need, the altar's open. These have come and the altar's open. Maybe like Lot, you see some things and you say, well, I don't understand, God. Why, why do you tell me to get out of the city? Why do you tell me to go to the mountain? I don't need to go all the way to the mountain. And you buck at God's commands. Whatever the need, the altar's open.